Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. My memory isn't quite what it used to be, Ray. So I wrote down what I thought were the five biggest moments of the game. And here we are in our five o'clock hour. See what I'm doing? See how that lines up nice numerically? Five for five. Here we go. The five biggest moments of the game, starting with the biggest. Late third quarter. Purdy gets sacked on third and nine, but the drive is extended by a holding call. Kittle was grabbed right around his hips. This was not home cooking. The very next play as well was another holding call. So now what could have been a drive that stalled out somewhere around the 30-40 is down at the 10-yard line. Kyle Juszczyk runs it on first down. You gain eight yards. That is the end of the third quarter. And then the very first play of the fourth quarter, you had this happen. McCaffrey right up the gun and in. Touchdown, San Francisco. Kevin Burkhart on Fox. It was a huge moment. The best drive of the game for the 49ers. It was a 10-play, 91-yarder capped by the Christian McCaffrey rushing touchdown. But it was all kept alive by a holding call on George Kittle, who talked about it after the game. I knew it was third down. It was a play we installed on Friday. It's a, re- a high red zone play. It was definitely not the look that we thought we were going to get, but the guy was squatting it. I mean, I just had a post route across the middle, and he was sitting on it heavy, and he was sitting in a chair, and I knew that if I just got on and watching the tape, they like to hold and grab a little bit, and he put both arms around my waist and kind of tripped one of my legs. I was like, well, I'm not going to get away from this because he's holding me so bad, so I'm just going to fall, and it's exactly what happened. I had a play last week where I got literally tackled in the middle of my route, and the back ref was like, hey, if you would have thrown it to you, you know, I would have thrown a flag and I was like I can't catch the ball from on the ground man hey great referee play but that one I, I'm definitely just gonna sell it as hard as I can because I, I mean it was a flag regardless but if I went down you know, I'm just happy since the drive and we score a touchdown and he actually didn't have to sell it that hard because the flag came out right away well he I mean, saw Donovan Wilson just grab him and it was an easy call it was and, an easy but flag by the throw. time that Kittle looked up with his arms out you could already see the flag flying so he didn't have to sell that one by the way, 707, horrible take on Joe Morgan. You're forgetting how terrible he really was. The fire Joe Morgan was a bus road. Yeah, those people were jackasses, and all you saw was the very last of he's inc- incredibly old now. I'm talking about in his prime, John Miller, Sunday Night Baseball, ESPN, 1995, Joe Morgan. State of the art. No, no I mean, he, is, he was like every other analyst. Eventually, they run out of stuff to say. And the game changes, and they can't keep up. And he became, you know, and I love Joe Morgan as a player. He became more and more of a character and less and less an oracle of the game. 
Um, I'm, I'm not going to badmouth him at all because the change that happened to him is the change that happens to everybody. You just get old. You get old. And take it from me, I've been old for almost all my life. How much older can you get? I guess we're going to find out. Yeah. I'll get, I'll, get re- I'll get redlined at some point. Who deteriorates faster, quicker? El Stroco Loco or Ratto? Oh, no. I'm, I'm already so far ahead of you. You, can't, you could die tomorrow and not catch up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So five biggest moments of the game. To me, the, that, the, the play that kept the 49ers field goal unit or punting unit off the field in the only touchdown they scored the afternoon, that to me is the biggest moment of the entire game. Second biggest moment of the game, 244 left in the half, third and seven. Dallas swings it to Pollard, and he gets stopped short by Dre Greenlaw, setting up a fourth and four on fourth down. Dak, he sees single high safety, and the quarterback draw is, I don't know if it's called or he just took what the 49ers were giving him. They had stacked the line, but no one was behind that stacked line. And Dak had his best moment of the day when he called his own number and said, I'm going to keep it for a little hey diddle diggle Dak Prescott up the middle. Two plays later, he throws his second interception of the day, this one to Fred. Prescott in! Second interception today for the 49ers. Pollard got hurt on that series, by the way, and that is about as big of a moment that happened in that game as well because the one guy who might have really done a bed, a, a decent job giving Dak a little something to work with out of the backfield since he wasn't seeing downfield very well or didn't have many places to put the ball downfield, the... The Dallas Cowboys were working the flats like it was wing night. I mean, they were just, every, everything was six yards and underneath. Everything that they did. Everything was to the sideline, six yards and underneath, working the flats all day. Tony Pollard would have worked much better with that being the offensive concept than Ezekiel Elliott, who couldn't have caught a cold yesterday. Well, he's not designed to. That's not what his game is. No, and Pollard got hurt the play before the interception and after the the Prescott conversion. And that's when, in my mind, the game changed. Because at that point, the Cowboys were at best one-dimensional, and given the fact that Prescott was not having a good day, they became essentially no-dimensional. They were done at that point, in my mind. Third biggest moment of the day started with the ultimate puckering moment of the day for 49ers fans at that game yesterday. Anger gets it away. Short liner of a kick. McLeod catches it over his head. Oh, he lost the ball. It is loose. It looked like Dallas recovered. Well, this is big, obviously. Who's going to come out with it? After the ball was kicked, I thought I saw a Dallas player. Yeah, that's Cowboys have it. Kevin Burkhardt again on Fox, and uh, that was... A huge moment, but not bigger than the 49ers defense bowing up and holding the Cowboys to a game-tying field goal right after that fumbled punt return by Ray-Ray McLeod. That was a massive moment in the game. Because if the Cowboys grabbed the lead right there, 
Who knows how the rest of that game feels. So I thought that that was absolutely huge. Fourth biggest moment of the game, 49ers defense getting burnt for a long completion. The longest of the day from Dak to C.D. Lamb in mid-third quarter and still forcing a punt from their own 40-yard line. And to me, that was the moment where I thought Dallas doesn't think, or Dallas's head coach, Mike McCarthy, doesn't think he can do it today. Like that, I, I cannot believe that that was another, all right, we're going to go to the line on fourth down, but we're going to call Fugazi, 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 and we're not actually going to snap this ball. I, I thought for sure they were going to snap the ball to the point where they tried to, I think, I'm like, they're going to try to make it look like a Fugazi. And then Dak is going to come walking up under center like you're going to have the balls to snap it there. And that's where they're going to really snap it. Like, that's where the play is going to come from. No, nope, no, nope, they punted there too. And I thought that is when... You know, Mike McCarthy did something that's going to be criticized the most on Monday. I thought that was going to be it. And then Mike McCarthy ran the dumbest football play of all time at the end of the game, which didn't even make my list. Real quick, though, the fifth biggest moment of the game was when the 49ers came out and chewed clock like it was bubblegum. 13 plays, 64 yards, taking 7.59, nearly eight minutes off the clock when it was, if Dallas gets it back, they're going to have a lot of time to work with and operate. And then Dallas dropped, like, the worst final 259 of a playoff game that you can see. I mean, they had two timeouts. They had plenty of time with three minutes left on the clock there, and not a single thing got executed the rest of the game. Biggest drive of Dak Prescott's entire life. He throws a near-pick six. He misses a wide-open Michael Gallup, and then on third down, he gets sacked. $40 million a year and I wouldn't trade you Brock Purdy for him right now. No way, no how. No how. I mean, it. I, I couldn't believe how bad Dak was a week after he had been so good. That's a testament to D'Amico Ryans and this defense, obviously. Well, and it's also a testament to the fact that there's no such thing as momentum between games. It's that you're playing a different team. You're a different team. I mean, that that's one of the things that's under undermentioned about football is that One of the reasons why most teams don't win 11 games in a row or 12 games in a row in this case now is that you have variances in the way you execute. You can have the same game plan, but you're playing a different team on a different day under different circumstances. A lot of things are a lot different. I mean, right now, if you wanted to believe in that theory, you have to say that the Eagles are prohibitive favorites to win on Sunday because they just boat race the Giants. Well, the 49ers are better than the Giants, and the Eagles are better than the Cowboys. You will get a radically different game. Um, it's just, that's the nature of it. We think that the last thing we saw is the thing that endures. And in fact, the last thing we saw is only the last thing we saw. The next thing that happens is going to be wildly different than that. And the thing after that's going to be wildly different. There's momentum within games, but not between them. I agree. And we got the rest of this week to talk Philadelphia Eagles, but I do want to pass this on to you right here because this is significant, right? Dating back to week 13, the Eagles defense has 39 sacks over its last 28 quarters of football. That's the highest total over a seven-game span within a same season in the last 30 years. In other words, the Eagles are coming. Not only do they have a defensive line that can wreck shop, but they have the best offensive line in football. If yesterday was a day of trench warfare, 
Just wait until noon on Sunday in Philadelphia. And by the way, for those who wanted to find out, it is a noon kickoff for the 49ers in Philadelphia. 3 o'clock Philly time, noon our time, followed at 3.30 our time with the AFC title game. NFC title game will be going first, which Ray is going to give a distinct advantage to the NFC representative. They will have about three and a half more hours to prepare for the Super Bowl. Oh, hugely. That's a Except deal. for the fact that both staffs have already started preparing for both of teams course the other conference. Of course they have. They're, they will already be up to speed by Wednesday of this week. But you know what you can't prepare for? This. Final play, it looks like barring a penalty. Prescott over the middle of the turret. Gets smoked right away. And that'll do it. The 49ers back to the championship game. Kevin Burkhart, one more time on Fox, and unfortunately, we don't have a layout of that formation because it's the weirdest, which is the nicest way for me and say to say the dumbest formation I have seen on a football field, on a professional football field, like in my life. I, I could not believe what the Dallas Cowboys were trying to set up there, and I haven't heard it explained anywhere. I haven't heard Mike McCarthy can't explain to me what the hell was supposed to happen there if all the stars had aligned if everything went perfect what was supposed to happen there were you lateraling to a wide receiver who then lateraled to another crossing wide receiver was that lateral supposed to go back to ezekiel elliott who unfortunately wasn't around for a lateral because aziz al shair decided to bury him like a seed that you would plant in a garden. I mean, he just got... That's that's one of the... Like Michael Irvin said earlier, like, that can't be the last play of Ezekiel's career in a Dallas Cowboy uniform. He deserves to go out better than that. Uh, that was something else. Roger Sherman of The Ringer. Did you read this one, Ray, what he wrote? Yeah. Now, you probably don't get this because this is a movie reference. This is from Billy Madison, which is an Adam Sandler movie. Adam Sandler is a comedian who used to be on Saturday Night Live. Have you heard of Adam Sandler? Don't patronize me. Well, just checking. Uh, Roger Sherman of The Ringer. At no point in the Cowboys' rambling, incoherent final play were they even close to anything that could be considered a rational football thought. That play was completely dead on arrival because the Cowboys forgot to poke breathing holes in its traveling container. <laughs> he then says, Earlier in the game, McCarthy chose to punt in a pair of questionable scenarios while facing a fourth and five at the opposing 40-yard line. We already talked about that. And then a punt leading to a go-ahead touchdown for San Francisco. And later, while trailing by seven with two minutes left, he attempted a field goal while trailing by seven. And then the Cowboys, they never scored again. I mean, it it was a lay down and die because not only are you not executing, but this coach has no confidence in this team to execute anything that looks like an actual football play. So he decided to go full-on abstract artiste for the final play of the game, which Dalton Schultz was a little responsible for because Dalton Schultz did not buy an amount of yardage which could have set up a good old-fashioned Hail Mary. But it's interesting that you say that Mike McCarthy showed no confidence in his offense. Based on what we're seeing today from the Cowboys, in which they are basically beating Dak Prescott with a shovel, that maybe this has been going on for a while and that they don't have confidence in him. And if they don't have confidence in him, 
then play Cooper Rush. If it's gotten to the point where you it alters the way you play, and then the next day you cannot wait to bury him in public, then don't play him. I mean, I, I realize that sounds stupid, but so is this. I mean, if you're going to punt the ball in two desperate situations, one more desperate than the other, and the next day you're going to say, we failed because our quarterback failed us, then make the switch. You know, if you can't sell that to your team, they're not going to play hard for you anyway. But that's what it feels like to me with a day of hindsight, that they don't believe in Dak Prescott anymore. And the way he started, he didn't give him any reason to think otherwise. I mean, they've been, it almost seems like there were, they were looking for a reason for him to fail. And as soon as they found it, it changed what they did and the way they did it. And so maybe this is Cowboys party line in action. Because I don't believe that Mike McCarthy has the independence of movement to defy the, defy the owner And I have to believe that based on that tweet, the owner is the one dictating the narrative now. And it's just like they're setting a tone for a goodbye. Yeah. And it would seem. Who wants Dak at 40 mil? (laughs) Cowboys have to eat at least half of that. Oh, at least. Oh, more, probably. I mean, 20 million for a starting quarterback is still a song in this league. So you eat half of that, you're good. Nah, I think given what, what the Cowboys are doing. Teams will know how desperate they are to get rid of them, and they will drive them. They will drive them into a bargain. And money, frankly, is no object for Jerry Jones when he wants something, or in this case, doesn't want something. I mean, if I'm another team, even if I need a quarterback, I'm going. Yeah, you're going to pick up three quarters of this, or we can't do business. I mean, but, here's the thing, though: they were good enough to be in that game. I mean, they got beat by a better team. Oh, oh and Dak oh, looked bad. Dak looked bad, but. To tear it all down without a better plan, unless you're really going down to the studs. Like, to me, a trading of Dak means, well, we might as well be talking coach at that point, too. And now you are drafting a quarterback high, so you're trading up early to draft a quarterback high. And this is a full-on, multiple-year rebuild. And what Jerry Jones doesn't have a lot of, like you (laughs) or me, is time. No, this is is why it won't be a full rebuild. And Mike McCarthy is going to have this job next year because Jerry Jones said today that he hasn't changed his mind about McCarthy. And last week, his mind about McCarthy is he's my coach and I'm keeping him. They've decided what they're going to do here. And they just telegraphed it. I mean, whoever approved that tweet is grossly unaware of the level of leverage that they gave away with that. Because they just, they simply made it company policy that Dak Prescott is responsible for. I mean, yeah, I guess you could turn around and blame it on the social media guy. No, the social media guy's not doing that unless somebody tells him Jerry wants this. Or they're really pissed. Even if they're pissed, they don't do that. I mean, nobody does that unless you're sending out a message. I mean, it's like, and this is, you know, I know off your radar... But the Vancouver Canucks, oh God, who just fired their coach, Bruce Boudreau today, announced back in October that they were already looking at replacements for him. It's a sign you might want to show up at work with a milk crate. Uh, oh, he knew it then. 
but let him hang till the middle of January. All of a sudden, keeping a secret is considered bad management form. But this is, I mean, this is more than that because you don't have to worry about leverage with a coach. You just fire him and move on to the next guy. But when you're talking about a $40 million investment and you're going, ah, we're just going to put him on the lawn like a frat house couch. You know, you're basically saying, if you want him, we'll pick up most of the freight because we don't want him anymore. I love a good lawn couch. Always have, always will. You don't mind. You don't mind the smell of no. old vomit. <laughs> uh, no, it just that's that's the thing here. Is it? I think this is all part of a greater message, which is we don't believe in our offense, and we're going to coach like it because we believe he plays like it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 